Folklore. Reflections from a range of authors, journalists, civic leaders, historians and generally interesting people exploring the importance of the written word, the value of a library and their own inspirations and motivations. Based in RSE Connolly, the James Connolly Visitor Centre, Belfast. Geodiva Kharja Agusfalcha Arash Glor Iglorlan Ikhanilla. Thanks very much for joining us again, folks, and you're very welcome to the sixth episode of Glor at Lorlan Ikhanilla. Um, I'm delighted this week to say that we're joined by a freelance journalist and proud North Belfast woman, Amanda Ferguson. Some of you will know Amanda from Twitter and from her journalistic work, and today she speaks to us about how she found herself on that career path. It certainly wasn't a direct route, but it was clear early on to Amanda that her love of books and of reading would have some influence on what it was she chose to do in her later life. She also talks to us today about how there are certain people she has met throughout her career, throughout her life, who continue to influence and inspire her today. And like all of us, she's on that eternal journey of lifelong learning um, as she meets new people and discovers new things and explores the world just that little bit further. So without further ado, I will introduce you all to Amanda Ferguson. Hello everyone, I'm Amanda Ferguson and I would like to start by thanking the team at the Connolly Centre for inviting me to take part in this series. I am someone who is usually either reading or writing or speaking, so this is right up my street. Um, I am a North Belfast woman, I'm a freelance journalist, I work as a Northern correspondent or Northern Ireland correspondent, depending on who the client is, and I, I don't mind what people call me as long as they call I'm also an Ireland correspondent covering both jurisdictions. So I'm keeping an eye on Belfast and Dublin and London and elsewhere. And I do written and spoken reporting and analysis for a range of clients uh, on these islands and internationally too. So I've always been self-employed. I think I prefer it that way. But certainly if uh, there's ever an offer too good to refuse, you know, never say never. And uh, depending on who I've connected um, with uh, during my career and at what point they'll associate me with perhaps the, the Belfast Telegraph or the Irish Times or Reuters or the Washington Post or from their radios or TVs or events or indeed from social media and I think I've, I've heard your Amanda from Twitter uh, more than once and I am indeed. Um, I also exist in real life. I, I do love the digital world um, as well, uh, social media and the opportunities it brings to connect and to communicate with people. Uh, it's increasingly important as the media landscape transforms and, and things become more visual and more audio and you know people want added value to traditional media and indeed traditional learning centres and libraries and so on and I'm enjoying going with the flow and learning new skills and um, communicating in whatever way is possible. So I've spoken a bit about my path to journalism and various pieces over the years. And if you want to look at the latest, um, it's also on my website, amanda.ie. Um, I love the variety that this chosen craft I have, and it's not a trader profession, it's it's viewed as a craft, allows for. I, I get the, the best response probably to write in uh, and speak in about things I'm interested in or that I care about. And the further I've gone into my career, the more I get to sort of dictate what I do, which is nice. And um, I, I arrived slightly late to journalism, probably after the, the scenic uh, route through life in university and colleges and, and the world of work. I was 30 at the time, but I did sort of take to it like a duck to water. And I've worked very hard as well uh, to learn. And I've been very lucky as well. And I've loved talking and reading and writing since I was a little girl and uh, libraries have always been places that are important to me. Um, as a child, I would take myself 
off to Chichester Library, which was near my primary school, St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, first, that was on the Summerton Road and then the Antrim Road, so that just shows how old I am. Um, back when we were known as the, the Java Cakes because of our gorgeous character building, brown and orange uniform. So I love sitting down and reading in the library after school or maybe when the house wasn't a place I wanted to be. And I think as a wee girl, I sort of thought I was Roald Dahl's Matilda. Uh, I love the layout of libraries and the, the challenge of keeping quiet and all the characters and possibilities contained on the shelves. And for me, libraries are, are peaceful places of discovery. And my favourite secondary school teacher was Mr Dixon. He taught me English, language and literature uh, during most of my time at Belfast Royal Academy on the Cliftonville Road. I still can't bring myself to call him Moore. I, I met him uh, a few years back whenever I was writing a piece about the school's anniversary. It's the, the oldest school in Belfast. Um, and I, I just couldn't bring myself to call him anything other than Mr Dixon. I think he's always going to be Mr Dixon to me, no, no matter uh, how old I am. And he helped develop my love of reading. And he was a good spot. Um, I, I read a lot of fiction when I was younger and read for pleasure right the way through my 20s. Uh, but something changed when I became a journalist at 30 and I, I stopped reading fiction. I was sort of consumed by facts. And I think because I read so much for work that I, I, I didn't read for pleasure anymore, which makes me a bit sad. Um, and it's it's something that I want to get back to, to reading for, for pleasure anyway. But I think that the fiction ship has sailed. Um, I can't get into it anymore. Um, I, I do love poetry and uh, the stack of books that I have uh, that have built up to get through now. None of them are fiction. Um, they are memoirs or about art or history or feminism, law, inequality, the world around us, that sort of stuff. And, you know, in the North or Northern Ireland, I'll use both, which seems to annoy a lot of people, but I really don't care. I'm being myself and I'm using language that reflects the different people that I talk to. Um, I don't really feel like I fit neatly into a category here. I've never been one for labels, but um, if I had to, I would say that I'm a, a recovering Catholic uh, of mixed marriage parents. That makes me a half a Jaffa. I'm Irish. I'm a northerner. I have a northern identity. I'm from Belfast. Um, you know, I have to specify that I'm from North Belfast. I love it. I would say this, but uh, for me, it's the best part of the city. It's a it's a patchwork of all different backgrounds. And while it has areas that continue to suffer really badly in a variety of ways, it's also where so much incredible cross-community work happens and it produces some of the best people we have. So there. And I think that having a kind of cross-community, diverse background um, has helped in me in my journalism work, giving everybody a sort of fair shout so I was thinking a little bit about the Conley Centre and, and I like places of learning and I really only discovered West and, and indeed East Belfast um, as a journalist. Um, I think that's maybe um, uh, true for, for many people who grew up. I was born in 1979 and grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, and, you know, I have to say I've really enjoyed um, doing that. I've been to, to, to many uh, events at the Colony Centre and I've listened to women I admire talking like Margaret Ward and Don Purvis and Sophie Long and Susan McKay and so on. So uh, unusually perhaps I have no particular strong feelings about or connections to Irish historical figures of any stripe. Um, perhaps like others I'm still learning about people like Conley and I'm happy to do so. Um, I did find out recently that a, a late great great aunt of mine from West Cork had a connection to Constance Markovich so I'd like to learn more about that. Um, I like places of learning, I like the access that libraries offer, I like communicating with as many people as possible through my writing and speaking and I've, I've learned 
um, how to do that to a variety of audiences, um, be that Belfast or Dublin or London, Scotland, Wales, the US. It's it's our story just presented in different ways, dependent uh, on the levels of, of prior knowledge the audience is likely to have. So I want to continue to write and talk and share and help out people in, in whatever way I can. You know, I, I hear sometimes some politicians saying things about, you know, my community and our people. And I've kind of always just viewed us as one community. You know, if you're sound, you're my community. I don't really care who you vote for or where you've been or where you come from or what school you went to or what you've got. If you're, if you're dead on, that's my people. Um, I, I, I often get asked about, you know, are you going to ever write a book? And apparently all journalists uh, have at least one book in them. Uh, so maybe I'll surprise everyone and start creative writing rather than journalistic writing. Who knows? Um, I'm going to be doing a fellowship next year and we'll produce written work for that, for the Social Change Initiative. And it's an exciting opportunity uh, that I'm grateful for. And perhaps there'll be a book that flows from that. Who knows? Never say never. Um, in the meantime, I will continue Touch Wood uh, to do the work that I'm doing. I'll write and talk and tweet and post online and continue to be grateful for the privileged position I have that affords me a, a front row seat to history, the opportunity to learn and the, the trust placed in me uh, to share other people's stories. It's something I don't take for granted. And I think this year in particular, with all the COVID pandemic drama, uh, that it highlights the power of words and what good communication is uh, and what bad communication is too. And I think it's been challenging uh, to various extents, uh, depending on your circumstances. It's been an awful time of loss and fear and uncertainty and, and learning but uh, you know there is uh, you know silver linings I think from this year and if, if we have to identify one I think it's been the the space perhaps to pause and reflect um, to underscore the importance of collective solidarity and community and addressing inequalities and really having your eyes open to who the the key workers actually are and I've made, um, you know, a few adjustments, perhaps, in how I think about things, how I think about work and what I want to achieve with it. Um, how writing and reading and talking and encouraging others to do the same is really important. And I even think it's sort of part of self-care. So I'm going to make time to get through that stack of books that have built up and, and focus on recharging my battery. So I'm firing on all cylinders in the new year. Uh, because we face many challenges in the new year and the years ahead. So the energy to respond well to that is important. And I feel like I'm always going to be a student and uh, learning and that's cool with me. Um, so I, I don't really care that it's only approaching the middle of December. We could all do with a, a bit of a festive spirit. So I'm going to say Merry Christmas and No Like Hana and Blythe Yuletide. And I think that's most bases covered. Um, I hope as many of us get through to next year as possible. So stay safe, everyone. And let's hope that the lessons and learning of this year can turn into action next year. Thank you.